Differing Things is a podcast which focuses on how far religion and society have deviated from the Bible. Differing Things will cover many topics, both spiritual and current, to draw our listeners closer to their creator. Now for today's host, Dr. Bill Petrie. In the East, the donkey or ass has always played a much more important part than among us Westerners. And on that account, we find it so frequently mentioned in the Bible. In the first place, it is the universal saddle animal of the East. Among us, the donkey has ceased to be regularly used for the purposes of the saddle and is only casually employed by some as a beast of burden. Some persons certainly ride it habitually, but they almost invariably belong to a line of work with which they make money doing so and are content to ride without a saddle, balancing themselves in some extraordinary manner just over the animal's tail. In the East, however, it is and was ridden by persons of the highest rank and is decorated with saddle and harness as rich as those of the horse. In Western societies, we should be very much surprised to see a royal prince, a judge, or government official traveling habitually on a donkey or ass. But in Palestine, it is the animal which would be considered most appropriate for that purpose. For example, we find that Abraham, an exceptionally wealthy man and a chief of high position, made use of the ass for the saddle. It was on an ass that he traveled when he made his three days journey from Beersheba to Moriah when he was called to prove his faith by sacrificing Isaac. Genesis chapter 22 and verse 3 states, And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Did you notice that phrase, and saddled his ass? In the book of Judges, we find that riding upon the donkey or ass is actually mentioned as a mark of high rank. We read in Judges chapter 10 and verse 3, And after him arose Jair, a Gileadite, and judged Israel twenty and two years. And he had thirty sons that rode on thirty ass colts, and they had thirty cities, which are called Havath Jair unto this day, which are in the land of Gilead, 
here we have the curious fact the sacred historian thinks is worthwhile mentioning that great men the sons of the chief man in all of Israel each of them being the ruler over a city rode upon a colt of an ass we see this same anomaly occur just two chapters away in judges chapter 12 verses 13 and 14 and after him abdon the son of hillel a parathonite judged israel and he had 40 sons and 30 nephews that rode on three score and ten ass colts and he judged Israel eight years did you notice that phrase that rode on three score and ten ass colts now a score is 20 and three score would then make it 60 so let's follow the reasoning of the verse 40 sons and 30 nephews that's 70 individuals rode on three score or 60 and 10 60 plus 10 equals 70 ass colts so we see the use of an ass as a saddle animal that was not a mark of humility it instead is a mark of prestige. The scriptures are essentially Eastern in all their illusions and tone of thought. And we must keep this in mind when we read them. Unfortunately, in consequence to the very natural habit of reading scriptures according to our Western ideas, many individuals have totally perverted the sense of many a scripture by reading Western mindsets into something that is written from a predominantly Eastern mindset. The prophecy of Zechariah concerning the future Messiah is one such passage. At this time of year, we oftentimes think of Zechariah 9 and verse 9. And I want to read that. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king comes unto you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass and upon a coat the foal of an ass now this passage as well as the one which describes its fulfillment so many years later has often been seized upon as a proof of the meekness and lowliness of our savior in writing upon so humble an animal when he made his entry into Jerusalem. 
the fact is there was no humility in the case. Neither was the act so understood by the people. He, meaning Jesus Christ, rode upon an ass as any prince or ruler would have done who was engaged on a peaceful journey, the horse being reserved for war, as in, is indeed shown very clearly in the context of this passage. For after writing the words which I have just read and quoted, we read in the very next verse in Zechariah 9.10 the following. And I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the horse from Jerusalem and the battle bow shall be cut off and he shall speak peace unto the heathen and his dominion shall be from sea even to sea and from the river even to the ends of the earth. Meek and lowly was he, as became the new character hitherto unknown to the warlike and restless Jews. A prince, not of war, as had been all the other celebrated kings, but of peace. Had he come as the Jews expected their Messiah to come, despite so many prophecies to the contrary, is a great king and conqueror, he would have ridden the war horse and been surrounded with countless legions of armed men. But he came as the herald of peace, not of war. And though meek and lowly, yet a prince, riding as became a prince on a colt of a ass, which had borne no inferior burden, that the act was not considered as one of lowliness is evident from the manner in which it was received by the people, accepting him as the son of David coming in the name of the highest and greeting him with the cry of Hosanna. This is quoted from Psalm 118 verses 25 and 26. Save now, I beseech you, or rescue now, deliver now. I'm begging you, O Yahweh, O Lord, O Yahweh, O Lord, I beseech you, I beg you, I implore you, send now prosperity. Blessed be he that comes in the name of Yahweh or the Lord. We have blessed you out of the house of the Lord. The palm branches, which they strewed upon the road, 
were not chosen by the attendant crowd merely as a means of doing honor to him whom they acknowledged as the son of David. They were necessarily connected with the cry of Hosanna. At the Feast of Tabernacles, it was customary for the people to assemble with branches and palms and willows in their hands and for one of the priests to recite the great Hallel. The great Hallel is Psalms 113 and Psalm 118. At certain intervals, the people responded with the cry of Hosanna waving at the same time their palm branches for the whole of the seven days through which the feast lasted. They repeated their hosannas, always accompanying the shout with the waving of palm branches and setting them towards the altar as they went in procession around it. Every child who could hold a palm branch was expected to take part in the solemnity, just as did the children on the occasion of the triumphal entry. By degrees, the cry of Hosanna was associated with the palm branches themselves, as well as with the feast. When the Feast of Tabernacles ended, there was another day called the last great day or the eighth day. That name in that day was also called the Great Hosanna. It was a day of new beginning. I think by now, you, my listeners, should see the importance of this carrying of palm branches accompanied with hosannas, and that those who used them in honor of him, whom they followed into Jerusalem, did not see it as a lowly or humble act. Oh, how far from the meaning of scriptures has Christianity come when we take such an important event and try to make it say something that it does not. How much we ruin the intent of scriptures when we go and we make it into some ceremonial thing that never had any meaning at all to do with the original event. It's tragic, and it robs us of being able to understand the scriptures the way that God would intend us to understand them. The fact that the palm branches on that first Palm Sunday do not symbolize what 
most commentators try to make them say is seen by the action of the disciples. <clears throat> what did they do? They put their garments on the ass and set their master upon them. This was an action that signified their acknowledgement of him as their king, as their prince. The same idea was typified by the laying of the clothes upon the road together with the palm branches. I want you to compare this with the account of Elisha when he sent the young prophet to call Jehu from among the council and to anoint him king of Israel. The act of anointing being performed in a private chamber, Jehu, scarcely realizing the importance of the act, seemed to think it a trick played upon him by some of his companions, the commanding officers of the army. When, however, they heard of the account of this meeting with the prophet, they at once accepted him as their king. And as a token thereof, they did the following. We read in 2 Kings chapter 9, verse 13. Then they hasted and took every man his garment and put it under him on the top of the stairs and blew with trumpets, saying, Jehu is king. I want you to notice what they did. Every man took his garment and put it under him or on top of the stairs. Yes, it was recognition through this act that Jehu was their king. So we see that asses or donkeys were selected for persons of high rank, especially for those who exercised the office of a judge or a king. Judges 5.10 reads, Speak ye, ye being plural, speak all of you that ride on white asses, ye that sit in judgment and walk by the way. Let me read the words that are being emphasized in this passage. Ye that ride on white asses, ye that sit in judgment. Yes, the idea here is that those who are riding on those donkeys are the ones who sit in judgment over the population. All of this points to the infallibility of 
scripture. We should all be extremely grateful that Christ writing an ass is recorded in scripture for us. When this is properly understood, it points to the reality of his being Israel's Messiah, the King of Righteousness, the King of Peace, the one who is and was to execute justice over the land of Israel. This is the significance of Jesus's writing on that ass or donkey on their very first Palm Sunday. He was coming to Jerusalem to offer a kingdom where he would be king and he would rule with peace. But the nation rejects. I hope that this has sparked your desire to want to study this in more detail. Good day and God bless. We want to thank you for listening to this week's Differing Things podcast. If you would like to get more information about the Bible, please check out our website, www.beacon-ministries.org. Do not forget to join us next week for a new Differing Things podcast. Mm -hmm.